Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore, and welcome to another edition of North Shore News Week, the local podcast that catches you up on the week that was in local news from the recordnorthshore.org, your friendly neighborhood nonprofit news site. Co-founded by Martin Carlino, who is here with us, as well as myself, Joe Coglin. Um, and we're going to be giving you the all those stories um, in a three-segment format. We're going to switch it up today a little bit, uh, and we'll let you know when we do as we work through the, the, um, the episode today. Um, but we do it with a lead story up and down the shore, and then a featured feature before sending you on your way. Um, busy week. And, and again, you can catch all the stories we're about to present to you in a short kind of snippets. Uh, the full version's on our website at therecordnorthshore.org. As always, packed with stuff every single day of your local news on Nutria Township. Starting with our lead story, um, pretty big surprise on Friday, uh, um, April 30th, as a, a fire um, caused a power outage uh, across a lot of Wilmette. More than 5,000 homes were initially affected when a, a piece of equipment from ComEd blew um, at 12th and Washington Court in Wilmette. So it caused a fire um, response from both ComEd, the police department, and the Wilmette Fire Department. Um, ComEd was able to shut off the power to um, fully extinguish the fire. And of course, the fire department was on hand to control it and maintain it as well. No injuries and no damage to public property, um, according to Mike Brayman, but um, can't be said for Comet equipment, which was, of course, on fire. But uh, the big story there was that it uh, 5,000 residences lost power um, for about two hours um, and um, throughout those two hours, actually, uh, maybe a little more than that, um, until about 6.30 p.m., um, ComEd was, was fixing the issue. And as of 6.15, it was down to uh, about 150 residences. And then it was less than that, um, right about 6.30, all were back up. But pretty scary stuff as a fire and basically an explosion um, happened um, in Wilmette. So uh, if you're curious what that was, that uh, noise, that fire, that response, or just your power going out, that's it. We got more information on um, the specifics of the outage, although ComEd was unable to tell us uh, exactly what happened in the technical aspect. Um, the village manager, Mike Brayman, told the record that early indications are a generator blew at the substation. So um, working on completely fixing that, but it should no longer affect any homes in Wilmette. Scary situation, but all seems to be safe and sound after those initial couple hours. So that's what happened on Friday, early evening, late afternoon in Wilmette. And that's our lead story. So pretty, uh, pretty quick and easy there and, and handled um, pretty efficiently, it seems. Moving on to up and down the shore, and this is where we're going to switch things up on you guys. Normally, we go from Glencoe down to Wilmette and share, try to say our story from every town. But this time, we have a few stories that encompass the whole township. So we're going to work our way through all three of those. And we're going to start with Marty. We did another record roundup. If you recall, we've done a few of these throughout our seven-month tenure here. Been seven months already, believe it or not. And um, where we just kind of go through one specific topic and, and check in at every uh, in every community we cover and see what's up. This topic is the 4th of July and the fireworks, and Marty's got the latest. Yeah, only two months away from the 4th of July here. Can you believe that already, Joe? 
No, I can't. I'm excited though. So as Joe mentioned, we had a chance to check in with all of our um, local towns on what their plans are for the upcoming holiday. And uh, we'll get the ball rolling where with Wilmette to start things out here. And the jury is still out in Wilmette. As of right now, we checked in with Steve Wilson of the Wilmette Park District, and he told us that uh, no decision has been made yet, uh, but all options are still available to the Wilmette Park District per their fireworks vendor. For, so um, with anyone, of course, here who is familiar with how Wilmette usually handles Independence Day and the holiday, uh, very big celebration all day, July 3rd. Um, with a fun run in the morning, a, uh, a party and gathering at Gilson Beach, and then a, a very big fireworks display uh, late at night. So um, obviously had to cancel that in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But as I mentioned there, the jury is still out on 2021 uh, and what uh, the 4th of July and Independence Day might look like in Wilmette. Similar to Wilmette in nearby Northfield, um, we're still awaiting a decision from Northfield officials uh, as to what their plans are for the holiday. Um, we checked in with the Northfield Park District and they told us a decision has yet to be made on the 4th of July. So we'll continue to follow that uh, closely, but Northfield uh, similarly usually holds a community bike parade and a uh, 4th of July celebration that includes some different family events to mark the holiday. So we do have news in two of our towns and we'll start out with Glencoe where Glencoe's annual fireworks celebration, which usually takes place at Lakefront Park. It won't be taking place on the 4th of July this year, but officials are hopeful that it will instead take place in early September. And the target right now is for the Friday of Labor Day weekend. So um, right there in early September, as I mentioned, very similar styled event as to what it has had in previous years, but they're hopeful that uh, fireworks show and all the fun festivities that will that go into that will um, take place in early September. As we also reported, officials are working on a potential, um, what is being described as a big name talent concert that could also take place um, the Saturday of Labor Day weekend in Glencoe. So uh, could be a very exciting time in Glencoe the first weekend um, in September. And then moving on over to uh, Winneka, we have some news out of Winneka as well. Uh, where, the, where the village of Winneka has decided to postpone its fireworks display until September as well. We don't have an exact date on when they are planning yet, but uh, village officials told us that the initial plan right now is to have those fireworks pair with the park district park district's fall festival, which is near the end of the end of the month in September. So. Um, nothing concrete there yet, but that is the plan as of right now. There will still be some 4th of July fun in Winneka, though, um, on the 4th, and those events are going to include the uh, traditional 5K run, some pop-up ice cream events at the various Winneka beaches, and some to-be-announced family activities that are going to take place at various village parks throughout Winneka. So keep your eyes and ears peeled, and we'll have updates as we get closer to the holiday, but Early indication right now is fireworks postponed until September in Glencoe and Winneka, and the jury is still out in Wilmette and Northfield. As Marty said, stay tuned as we update those as soon as we know, you will know. Well, I guess shortly after that, as long as it takes us to write it up, but um, stay tuned to the recordnorthshore.org. Marty, we're going to stick with you and, and New Trier High School's board held a special meeting Monday, basically for the sole purpose of swearing in its newly elected and uh, bidding adieu to its uh, um, outgoing board members. 
Yeah, exactly. It's officially a new era for the New Trier High School Board of Education. And the three new members that uh, voters elected in the April 6th election were officially seated at that Monday meeting. So uh, those three newcomers to the board are Avik Das, Kimberly Alcantara, and Sally Tomlinson, who along with incumbent Keith Dronin were elected by voters. So um, three new members joining the New Trier High School Board of Education and one incumbent returning. Um, and those three newcomers are going to be replacing a, uh, a wealth of experience on the, on the new chair board as they're replacing Carol Dukeman, Greg Robitaille, and current board vice president, I should say now former board vice president, Dr. Mark Glucksman. Um, Carol was on the board for three terms. Greg was on for two terms. And uh, Mark was on for one term as he was first elected by voters in 2017. So um, a lot of experience leaving the board, but some uh, new new energy and new fresh faces coming into the uh, to take over for them. So they were officially seated, and the uh, next neutral board is now uh, moving forward in place. And I liked uh, Dr. Kluxman. Uh, Kluxman, I'm sorry, Dr. Gluxman. <laughs> sorry about that, sir. Uh, Dr. Gluxman, um, advice on uh, to stay flexible seems very appropriate uh, for the timing. Um, so he also called the board the GOAT, uh, which for our listeners who aren't familiar, stands for the greatest of all time. So uh, we'll let our listeners make the judgment uh, on if the Nutria board is, in fact, the GOAT. Um, but uh, fun, fun quote from uh, from Mark right there. Yeah, that's her maybe, um, you know, a little overused at this point. Well, I love it. Um, not everything can be the greatest of all time. Anyway, uh, opining aside, we'll move on to the third area township story and one that just dropped today um, a bit of a deep look into and and convoluted so stay with me for a second into a conflict of interest uh, proposal that's basically in the very early stages with the new Trier township board of trustees not the school board the township board of trustees so the impetus for this is basically um, the agency oversight committee which is one of three um, volunteer committees um, resident volunteer committees that um, as part of the, the township board of trustees uh, has rec recognized and expressed its concerns with the voting record of John Thomas, one of the trustees who um, is also a longtime board member for the Winneka Youth Organization, one of the um, youth-based organizations here in our communities um, that's funded by the township. So Thomas has technically voted in favor of funding the Winneka Youth Organization, which he's a, on the board of. He's actually the treasurer of the board uh, for the past four years. Um, so what the agency oversight committee is asking is that there is a comprehensive conflict of interest policy that basically uh, bars that type of activity in voting, um, encourages, uh, if not mandates, uh, disclosure of that type of information, and even possibly restricts board trustees from sitting on boards of township-funded agencies. Now, uh, that might be a bridge too far for some of the board trustees, uh, but they're in the early stages, I said, of, like I said, of developing such a policy. Um, basically, we talked to a lot of uh, the players involved in this. We talked to uh, the supervisor-elect, Gail Eisenberg. We talked to John Thomas. Um, we received the notes from the agency oversight committee, um, and uh, we talked to some other members of the township to get some numbers. So a lot of information here, uh, but what I think you need to know is that 
according to John Thomas, um, which is uh, was backed up by other members of the board, four years ago after he was first elected in 2017, he was at a committee meeting and disclosed that he was part of the Winnecke Yo board, to which uh, the committee, he, he recused himself from the conversation, from the discussions. The committee then gave forth their recommendation to fund all these organizations, which the township does every year, between 35 and 40 organizations, they fund anywhere between you know, 2,000 to $100,000, if not more. Um, they give the Winnecke Yo about $50,000 every year. So four years ago, they recommended this package of funding. And when it got to the board level, Thomas did in fact vote on the package as a whole. Um, he told us um, that he feels a little uh, sheepish. Uh, he laments not having thought about it the past few years when he voted for the entire package. He thought the recusal at the committee level uh, was good enough. Um, he said he never gave it another thought having recused himself in the first place. Um, but he did, in fact, vote on the package, which included Winnecke So um, that's basically now moving to it's on it's going to be on the board agenda for the next few meetings until they are able to come to a resolution about what it means for a conflict of interest policy, what it should include. Um, and their next round of funding will be decided in the fall, according to the supervisor elect Gail Eisenberg. So they want to have it in place before then. Um, but she also said that. Um, she does not believe that any conflict or perceived conflict affected or influenced any voting um, from the board. Um, she also believes that no statutes were broken or um, policies as the board, while it doesn't have an independent conflict of interest policy, it follows the township officers of Illinois policy, which does not include um, sitting, on, sitting on boards outside of your own or things like that. So. Um, Take a look at it. It's comprehensive. There's a lot to it. It talks about uh, what organizations the township does fund, why it funds them, how much it's funding, how much that funding has grown, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it has some highlights from board meetings and things like that. So Marty, I hope I explained that uh, as uh, um, simply as possible, but it is a complicated story. Yeah, I think you hit it all great, Joe. And as we've said uh, so often on this podcast, we're much better in explaining things in written word than verbal word. So head on over to our website to uh, check out that story. Yes, we did get um, our degrees in um, print journalism, <laughs> digital, not uh, not broadcast. So bear with us. But um, yeah, check out the whole story. I think it's important. And it looks like a bit of growth in that area for the Nutria Township uh, Board of Trustees is coming. And that is up and down the shore. So while we didn't have some town specific stories, all those included all the, our readers and our whole coverage area. So I hope you enjoyed that little change of pace from um, North Shore Newsweek. Now we're gonna move on to our featured feature and I'm gonna kick it back to Marty. Um, this story comes from our partnership our, uh, that, that actually Marty secured with Dominican University students. And this is a very cool story about a Wilmot cancer survivor who's, uh, well, she's living her best life. Yeah, and we want to kick things off, uh, Joe, here just by thanking the students at Dominican who uh, participated in this partnership and provided four great local news stories to us. All those stories have been uploaded to our site within the past, I want to say, eight to 10 days, so, um, and even sooner in, in some capacity. So um, if you are tired of reading either Megan, Joe, or myself's work, feel free to head on over to our site to get some 
um, fresh voices and new uh, new words, some new authors uh, in in there as we uh, finish up that partnership. Some really great work, and we're uh, we're very thankful to them. So one of those features was on a Wilmet resident, Erica Halavashek, who in 2017 was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Through some new advancements in treatment and new research, she initially was able to um, get treatment for that diagnosis, uh, but. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a few years later, that cancer had returned uh, and had spread to her vein, uh, to her brain. Um, thankfully, once again, Erica was able to benefit from some new advancements and new research um, that abled her, that allowed her to uh, receive treatment. And by all accounts, she is doing well now and, and battling it as best possible. But in April of 2020. Um, she created Yay Best Life, which is a uh, nonprofit with a mission to inspire others to live their life with no reservations and to also raise money for lung cancer research. So um, since that decision to launch the nonprofit in April of 2020, uh, Erica and the nonprofit have raised uh, more than $30,000 for lung cancer research. Um, and through that nonprofit, um, she has created a, uh, a line of apparel, um, t-shirts, uh, sweatshirts, uh, some different merchandising um, uh, pieces that, that go into that as well, um, that all have the tagline best life on them. And um, you'll often, you know, see these, these uh, various items worn throughout the, com the community, uh, particularly um, some of the t-shirts and, and apparel that is designed and all that, uh, the proceeds from all that is then uh, donated back through uh, for lung cancer research. So uh, this is a story of a, of a Wilmette resident who, um, turned really bad and unfortunate and, and horrible life news into um, a bit of a new outlook on life and a way to help encourage others who are um, not only struggling with similar medical situations, but um, maybe struggling to, to find the joys in life in other scenarios as well. So um, a great story about a member of your local community, community doing some awesome things. Yeah, inspirational story. You guys should check it out. And, uh, you know, kudos to the writer, Ashley Rodriguez from Dominican um, for, for, for writing that one up for us. Good stuff. Um, and um, that's really it. That's our show for this week. Just a quick, uh, we're going to do just a quick hit on uh, another feature story just to check out. You guys remember a few months ago, we talked about Stephanie James, a, uh, a worker at the Kenilworth Post Office who was on the Food Network, a show called... Uh, worst cooks in America or something. And now she's back on a show called best of the worst. Uh, obviously a fan favorite. She was, even though she lasted only two episodes on the old show, she's back Sunday nights. Check it out. She's uh, she's great. Everyone loves her. So Stephanie James is back. Um, and before we go, Marty, what's ahead? Yeah. So in case anyone hasn't heard Lloyd beach in Winneka will be reopening this year um, after it was closed down for the entire 2020 season for some shoreline restoration work. So Lloyd Beach is reopening and the Winneka Park District is going to be holding a grand opening celebration later this month. So we'll have the full details related to that. And then in some other community news as well, we're going to uh, provide everyone with some updates related to um, some senior events that Nutra High School is planning this year. And uh, there's going to be a little bit of a different outlook and uh, take on prom this year. It's going to be held 
at the Winneka campus um, with a variety of safety pr protocols and procedures in place to make sure that everything is, uh, is uh, as safe as it possibly can be. And then also graduation is going to be back this year with an in-person event that's going to take place the last Sunday in May at Soldier Field in downtown Chicago. So some uh, exciting news out of Nutria there. Yeah, we'll have the whole story on how it happened and um, all those details around it. Uh, Marty will have it for you. So stay tuned to the recordnorthshore.org for all your Nutria Township news and more. Um, just uh, another note to check out the Varsity podcast, our sports version of this, uh, where we talked about uh, everything from um, volleyball to wrestling to baseball today. So check that out as well. And thanks, guys, for uh, tuning into another episode. Until next time. Thanks for listening.